Sunday, November the 7th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. We're continuing in our series, Look Where Am I? And we're thinking about the fact, the truth, the reality, that it doesn't matter where we find ourselves, there is always a purpose because God always has a plan. God never is thrown off guard by what's happened to you. He's never caught on the back foot. He's never thinking to himself, gosh, I didn't see that coming. What are we going to do now? So whatever place we find ourselves in, we can approach it with a sense of confidence that there is a purpose because God always has a plan. And I was just reflecting, even as we were singing those uh, worship songs, it was so helpful just a, a few moments ago, on, on why we're not always keen to press into God's plan. Uh, and uh, I guess as I just ruminated with that, with the, with the spirit, uh, I was conscious that it, it, it can depend very much on how we think of God. Sometimes we think of God's plan as being overbearing and super sacrificial. We, we all hear the stories, don't we? I don't want to say to God that I'm, I'm, I never want to go to, you know, uh, uh, the far side of the world because you sense that's where God will send you to because God's like that. You know, he'll send you to the place you least want to go to, to be with the people you least want to be with, uh, as if that's the kind of father who leads us. But what if the dominant truth when we think about where we're placed and God having a plan, what if the dominant truth is that God is a good father who longs to bless us? That his plans are for our good and for our flourishing and for our uh, well-being and abundance. As the psalmist said, taste and see that God is good. Know that God is good. As Jeremiah said, God's got plans and they're to give you a hope and a future to prosper you in the fullness of that sense. So maybe we come to this series, look where am I, thinking about the different places where we find ourselves, confident that God has a plan and that plan is good for us because he's a good God and he invites us to jump or step into his plan, knowing that it is for our good. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Claire very helpfully began to uh, get us thinking about the plan, the purpose that God might have for us in our families, talking from those verses in uh, Proverbs. That was the first of the online Sundays we did a couple of uh, weeks back. I want to linger with the family this morning, To use that, though, as an illustration of a tool that I want to share with you that I think is particularly helpful in leaning into what God's plan is. It's easy for us to stare at the four walls and think, I've got no idea what God's plan is right now. This just seems a muddle to me. 
So I want to share with you a tool that I find helpful to lean into God's plan, but to think about it in the context of the family. Lingering with the family for two reasons. I think it's super easy to overlook what's in front of your nose. I find that when I'm looking for a tin of baked beans. Apparently it's there all of the time. I just can't see it. And I think with our families, we become so familiar, so caught up in what we usually do, that it's easy to overlook the plan that God might have in that space with those sets of relationships. And also, we think so much about, I'm going to go out and do something I'm going to go out and be intentional. I've got a plan at work or I've got a plan with that group of people. And I I go out and I achieve something and then I come back home and I've either got nothing left or I just don't think intentionally or strategically about it because I've done all that type of thinking in another area of uh, my life. So we linger with the family just for a moment for those reasons, because ultimately they are And families, remember, come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Jesus was a single man and led a family of disciples. So this isn't about biological or non-biological. It's about both. It's the sets of relationships that you journey with through your life. And we've all got those, whatever we think about those uh, right now. In our family, what might God's plan be? So, to the tool. How do we discover God's plan? in our families, but also in all the other places where we find ourselves. I think a very helpful way to discover God's plan is this, to observe the seasons, to observe the seasons. Technology has made us way less dependent on the seasons. A few weeks ago, the clocks went back. Nothing really changed. We turned the lights on a little bit earlier and carried on. A couple of days ago, it rocked really quite cold. Nothing really changed. We whacked the heating on and we carried on. So we can carry on the same rhythms almost relentlessly, independent from the seasons. And we forget maybe that the seasons is one of God's gifts to us to help us lean in to what he is doing. I was conscious of this a a number of years ago. You may remember that uh, I went with Phil Marsden to visit Happy Home uh, in Kenya that we still uh, support as a church family. And when the sun went down at about half past six in the evening when we were there, it was totally dark. No lights, electricity, nothing for miles. It was totally, there was nothing you could do but sit and reflect, talk, tell stories, think about the day that's gone, share things that are important to you. Because everything else had to stop because of the season of the day. Now, of course, we flick the light on and we carry on. Nothing need uh, stop us. The seasons were there in the kind of cadence of the year, weren't they? When do we plough? When do we plant? When do we harvest? When do we rest? We know that warm summer evenings give us opportunity to relax, share company and be more reflective. We know that a cold winter nights cause us to huddle in and rest a little bit more. 
So what's the big idea? The big idea is this. If we can observe the season that we are in as a family, as a church, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, wherever it might be. If we can observe the season, it gives us a gigantic clue as to what God is up to and how we can join him in it. So what season is your family in? And remember, family, biological, non-biological sets of relationships, it includes all of us. It's not the 2.4 garage door and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Family in its broadest uh, sense. Because the season that your family is in right now will give you a clue as to what God's up to and what his plan might be. What's the season? What season is your family in? Maybe it's a season to rebuild a relationship, to rebuild a marriage, because it's been a time where we haven't invested in it much recently. Maybe it's a season to help a child through GCSEs or A-levels or going to university. Maybe it's a season to help a friend through their grief or their lament or loss or their ill health. Maybe it's a season to support someone who is going through a particularly difficult time. A child who's afraid at school. uh, Someone who's being bullied at school or at the work or in the workplace. Maybe it's a season to lean into God afresh. We've talked about praying for something as a a family and, and we've talked more about it and we haven't actually done it. Maybe it's a season to start praying together more, a season to read the scriptures more intently. Maybe it's a season to be a light in our neighborhood because something has changed in our street and we can respond to that. Maybe it's a season for some new rhythms or to learn something new or to start a new adventure. Maybe it's a season to lament what's passing, a child moving away, a friend moving on, a grief of another kind. Maybe it's a season for dreaming or hoping. You see, whatever the season is that we are in as a family, as a set of relationships, actually gives us quite a big clue, I think, as to what God's up to. And I find it a lot easier to think in those terms to understand perhaps, therefore, what God is asking of me in those situations. How might I join in with what God is doing in the season we find ourselves in right now. So what season is your family in? And if I can see that, how do I respond to that season? If a child or a friend or a spouse is struggling with a transition, then how do I respond? How do I get involved with that? I I need to respond to that. I can see what God's doing there. And I can see that he is calling me to join him in it. So I will need to respond and do things differently. And if I do things differently, there may be other things that I either need to change or can no longer for a season do at all if I'm going to be effective. Maybe I need to do less of other things in this season because for us as a family, that's the important thing right now. And that's what we need to lean into together. It's not just making time, is it? You need to make the right emotional kind of space. 
for probably too long than we realized Thursday night used to be our kind of date night Carrie and I it was Thursday night for us was the end of the week Friday was a day off then we were into the more traditional weekend which was often quite busy uh, for us and typically on a Thursday I'd work a little bit later getting ready for the Sunday we'd get tidy the house a little bit get the kids to bed and, and think in terms of having a nice meal well we'd have a meal and we'd fall asleep because we we're exhausted by then So you can make the time, but not the space. You with me? Anyone know what I'm talking about? You say we're going to do this then, but it just doesn't work because you're not in that emotional, energy, intentional uh, space. So we do need to be quite radical sometimes to make the space that we need for the season that we are in. Uh, People who've got young kids right now don't need to be told that. They know, they know that they need to create a lot of space because of the season that they're in. I can remember several months in after Rachel was born thinking, we're never, ever going to do anything for ourselves ever again. Ever, 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 ever. And and eventually, about three million years later, you do discover that there's a little bit of space and a little bit of time. But that season is so intense, isn't it? And it demands. But it's like that in other moments, aren't there? That, that we, perhaps the thing about children is that they're so demanding in those moments. Other seasons don't scream at us quite so readily and, and quite so loudly. If only they did, perhaps. We wouldn't miss those seasons, other seasons, so easily. I like the idea of seasons because you lean into it for a season. You know this is not for ever and you give it your best energies because we will move on from this place into something else and it is true of course that some seasons seem just to last forever and we need a special kind of grace for that but most seasons pass all too quickly where did the summer go is it christmas already Kids gone to university. I've just taken them to reception. But where do the seasons go? How come I'm 50-something already? I know, staggering, isn't it? Where do the seasons go? Most seasons pass all too quickly. And, And they do pass. If your friend is struggling with grief, now is the season. That season for them will pass with or without us, do we lean into the season? Do we see what God is doing? Do we make adjustments because we know and can see that God has a plan? There's a time for everything, for every activity under the sun, which implies that we will need to do different things in different seasons. Now, I... I think one of the challenges for me personally is to live in a season for too long. So something that was right for a particular season, I keep doing because I think it's right. <coughs> Excuse me, because actually it takes quite a bit of effort to change rhythm, doesn't it? It's easier just to keep going. And even if you think perhaps that season's passed, keep going and maybe uh, sometime it will uh, return. Uh, and that was cer- certainly true uh, when the kids were younger. For uh, a long time, I would think of an evening that I didn't have to go to, out to work as some kind of utopia at home. And then you'd spend the evening clearing up, putting kids to bed, and falling on the floor exhausted at the end of it. 
And it never quite mapped the utopia in my mind. And it took me about a decade to realize the kids didn't go to bed at half past six anymore. And you can keep going at an old season and it changes. And maybe you can, just as I'm thinking now, you're thinking about something you're doing that was absolutely right for the season. But that season has gone or is going. And it's time to embrace something new. And we have to lament and let go of seasons well, don't we? In order to grab hold of the new thing. So what might you need to start or stop or change because you can see the season that your family is in right now? What do you need to stop, start or change? Because you see the season that you are in. And finally, and finally, every family needs backup. Who's your backup? Every family needs backup. The whole extended family that's, that's the way of being throughout most of the world that our industrialized nation said, you know, we're going to do it better than that. We're just going to close the door on a married couple and we'll see how that goes. And it hasn't worked out too great for us, isn't it? So if you go to the, to the Middle East, for example, I, I often think of this in Nazareth. I don't know why in Nazareth, but in Nazareth, there were just rows of, of houses with single, single story with the kind of the poles going up ready for the second story for the, for the children and their, and their, uh, their partners, spouses and offspring and so on, that they would live together in these extended relationships. Now, that might feel like an absolute nightmare right now to live in an extended family with your parents or whatever. And nevertheless, that level of relational connection that there was across the generations meant that there was a backup that often families have not appreciated or benefited from in recent years and the family maybe in part is under pressure more so because of that. And I think typically in our families, we look inside, don't we? We close the door and and we'll sort this out ourselves. We're quite independent people, aren't we? As individuals and as families, no one else needs to know about our troubles. We'll fix this by ourselves. And by and large, we can't fix quite a lot of our stuff by ourselves. We need back up from outside. So who do you turn to? Who do you go to for advice? Who are you sharing with about the season that you are in that they can give you insight and perspective and so on? Who could you talk and pray with this week about the season that you are in as a family? We're going to pray together, but the young people are going to leave us and uh, take what we've been thinking about into conversation. So the young people are going to leave us and uh, take what we're saying into conversation. Uh, We're going to pray together. Perhaps the musicians will come. Yeah, that'd be really great, I think. So just let the spirit settle in your heart this morning as we, as we thought about, as we thought about family in its broader sense. What, what relationships have you been, have you been thinking about? And what season are you in? What, what's going on? If you just pause for a moment and look around, what's, what's going on? Is there, is there change? Transition of some kind? Is there something to let go of? Is there something to embrace? Is there something new on the horizon? Is there something you're missing? What's going on right now? And how do you respond? 
Insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, isn't it? And sometimes we've been insane. We just kept going with the same same thing, hoping it would be different. And uh, we need to change. We need to adapt. The seasons are a reminder that we do different things at different times, at different situations. That there's a time for everything. So what is the time right now? And we know that in the midst of it is the, is the Lord who gives life and breath. The Lord who gives hope and grace into those situations. So let's, as we just use those words as this song, let's, uh, let's make our response. Feel free to sing or to sit and reflect and uh, listen into what the Spirit is saying and how we respond in those moments. So awaken us, Holy Spirit, to the season that we are in. We pray for those that, uh, if we've taken our marriages for, if we've taken our marriages just, uh, for granted, may we reinvest. If we've taken our friendships for granted, may we reinvest. If in the moments of today we see a situation that we are easily missing because we're doing same old. Help us to do something different. We pray for those who are in transition from one season to another. We pray for those who are struggling physically or emotionally. We pray for those who are grieving and feel a sense of loss. And we pray too for new opportunities. Help us not to miss new opportunities. New opportunities to grow with you, to learn with you, to learn new things, to meet new people, to develop new skills, to see new horizons. Maybe you're calling us into a new season. Give us both the strength and the courage and the confidence Pray for those being called into a new season that feel anxious. Feel that they're lacking in confidence. Pray, Lord God, meet them today. Right where they are. And I pray that you would increase that recognition amongst all of us that we need backup. We need people beyond us for advice, for encouragement, for guidance, for prayer, for a listening ear and a word in season. Help us to know and to forge those relationships, we pray. That we might be agile in each and every season. Understanding the times as the men of 
Issachar recorded of doing and knew what the Lord's will was. May we understand the times around us and know what you're asking of us. And as we come to this communion table, we'll build hope afresh in our lives that for however dark, however hopeless, however lost it might seem right now, however much it feels like the darkness of a Friday, Sunday is always coming. That your plan and purpose takes us through the the valley of the shadow of death to greener pasture, that your purpose for us takes us from what feels like uh, uh, being lost in a pile of ashes, but out of the ashes we rise. You take the ugliness and the brokenness and the, uh, the overwhelmness of our lives and you create a glorious beauty in your purpose, that these are your promises to us, that we see ultimately in Jesus That the day of his death was more appalling than people could describe. And yet equally, the glorious wonder of his resurrection was more beautiful and radiant. Equally that people could describe. And so we grab hold of your plan today. Knowing that you are a good God. Knowing that you have good things for us. Look where am I? I'm in a mess right now. Look where am I? It's dark right now. Look where am I? It feels like all hope is lost right now. We thank you for this communion table that reminds us that that is not the end of the story.